0: Welcome, everyone, especially those here in the Temple of Light at Ananda Village, and especially for those that are watching online. A special blessing to everyone. Uh, my name is Swami Pranava, and with me is Swami Parvati. And it is a joy just to spend time with you on this beautiful day. This reading is taken from Rays of the One Light, with commentaries on the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita, written by Swami Krishnanda. Today's focus is the promise of the scriptures. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. In the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 15, we read the famous parable of the prodigal son. Jesus tells of the man who took the wealth bestowed on him by his father, and squandered it in foreign lands, where he fell into evil ways. At last repentant, he returned to his father's home. When his father saw him, he was, as Jesus tells us, moved with compassion, and ran and fell upon his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee I am no longer worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, fetch him quickly the best robe and put it on him and give him a ring for his fingers and sandals for his feet and bring out the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and make merry because this is my son, because this my son was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and is found and they began to make merry. Small-hearted human beings, identified as they are with their little egos, give exaggerated importance to any slight they receive from others. Thus, they imagine God, like them, to be petty, unpardoning, and vindictive. In God's eyes, however, when human beings go astray, there is nothing to forgive. All of us are aspects only of his own self. He who made us resides in us. He is not far away from us in some far off heaven. His call to us always is to return to our home within. The way of return is described in the Bhagavad Gita in the sixth chapter. Supreme blessedness is that yogis who has completely calmed his mind Controlled his ego, ego-active tendencies, and purged himself of desire, thereby attaining oneness with Brahma, the infinite spirit. Thus, through holy scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Oh, oh.
1: So would like to welcome you all. It's a joy to spend this time with you. And I would like to read from Whispers from Eternity. I want to hear thy song in the silence of my soul. Thy gentle voice saying, come home, I often heard. But through many lives, it was drowned in the tumult, of my wild cravings. I have forsaken the jostling crowds of desire. In the solitude of my mind, my devotion bursts to hear thy voice. Take away every dream memory of earthly sounds that yet lurks in my mind. I want to hear thy still voice ever singing in the silence of my soul. This topic of the prodigal son, basically, is really so deeply touching. It's when you read the full account, it's paraphrase, not paraphrase, but shortened a little bit in the reading today. But the full account is really, it's just so deeply touching. And to think that uh, Jesus gave this kind of teaching And in many instances, this kind of teaching that was full of love and compassion and just really uh, showing that God is our nearest of the near and dearest of the dear, and that we are one with that. There's no real distinction. And uh, just to (coughs) to keep in mind, but You know, it's it's so tricky because the mind wants to take that and kind of twist it. (laughs) It's it's an interesting thing, but uh, for one thing, I think that the um, the story of the parable the parable of the of the the story of the of the prodigal son is one that he goes away, but he's away for some time. And he takes all this wealth from his father, and then just, as they say, spends it in riotous living, which Master said means living through the senses, basically. That's all it is. Well, what we've all done, what we all do. Uh, but But he lives in that way and completely forgets about his father, where that wealth came from. And he loses it all. He loses all of the wealth that the father gave him. And he not only loses it, but then he ends up poverty-stricken and needing to work in the fields by the farmer who is now employing him. And he's having to give the pigs food that he would like to eat. (laughs) You know, it's just, he's so down. And uh, and then, at a certain point, he realizes, he thinks, wait a minute, what am I doing? I, I'm here living like this when I could go home. I know I don't deserve to be able to go home, but I could do that. And so he turns around and leaves that famine, that land is in famine, which is why they're feeding the pigs and not the people, because the, the pigs represent wealth and, you know, other food. At any rate, he turns around and he, he goes back to his father. And he knows he's really blown it. You know, he's really, he really is not deserving in any way, but he has nowhere else to go. And so he comes and at a distance, they say, that his father sees him. And he runs to him, full of love and compassion and joy. And, and the son, again, in this mindset, just says, you know, I'm not worthy, father, don't, you know, I'm not worthy to, to be here really, and, and come back to you. I've, I've really let go of everything you gave me. And the father just ignores him. And he says, no, you my son, you are my son. And you have come home again. I thought you were lost. I thought you were completely gone. And here you are again coming home. And so let us, you know, make merry and really celebrate because my son who I thought was lost has come home again. And and it's the story of each one of us. <laughs> because we have taken the wealth, the spiritual wealth, that God gave us in the very, and we're talking in the very beginning. This is not just recent, but in the beginning, God gave us everything as a soul. We were part of him completely. And uh, children of light. And we knew that. And yet, we got caught. But, you know, my thought goes to but how did we get caught you know this this delusion this maya that we get caught in was also created by god <laughs> so we do have an end to come back but uh, but at any rate that we we have to really and and it's two sons one of them never leaves and swami said that he said it's interesting and master must have said it he said some souls never went away from from that divine. But many did. Got caught up in delusion in maya and really were were gone for millions of lifetimes. I mean, wow, millions of lifetimes. And so, you know, we have that scenario playing itself out. And that when we finally hit bottom, And we have to hit bottom. It doesn't happen otherwise. Delusion is too good. Maya is too good to not stay caught in it. You know, there's just my good friend Catherine (coughs) and I, every so often, we'll we'll joke with each other because, you know, your mind, in the mind, which is not our friend, um, you think every so often well maybe this part of delusion will work <laughs> and work by meaning giving it giving us fulfillment really the fulfillment of our soul is always there just prodding us on and so we think oh well but if i if i just did maya this way maybe it would work you know and then we laugh and you know because we've all been through that millions of lifetimes, and it doesn't work, and it doesn't work, and it doesn't work, and still, we go on until finally we reach the bottom, and the bottom meaning we feel we have tried every part of delusion <laughs> and lived in riotous living, and and it does not work. We have to the trick of it is, and what happens for the prodigal son is that he has to learn that lesson completely himself. He has to go to the bottom of that thought. And then he finally he, he wakes up and he says, "Wait a minute, this isn't who I am. <laughs> you know, I have something much more going for me. I, I vaguely remember. I used to live in my father's house and I had plenty to eat and nice clothes and life was good. And so, at that point, finally, he turns around and hopefully doesn't get caught with one more thing, (laughs) you know, that delusion can present us with. It takes, again, millions of lifetimes. And so, for all of us here, All online, all people that come finally to a path self-realization, wow, that is a huge, huge deal. And so really be careful once you find the way back to your home in God not to lose your way again. And it happens. It happens. I'm saying that, you know, don't do it, but it happens. But but it's so painful. It's really deeply painful because we know we're turning away from what works. And so I was just thinking, what can I share with you all that, I, that has been meaningful to me um, that keeps you moving on the path? Because This is a long-distance run. Remember, the long-distance runs are 26 some miles or whatever. And you have to pace yourself. If you start out like this, you won't make it to the end. You know, you have to know how to work with your own energies, how to move through the ups and downs that happen over that 26 miles, and how to make it to the end. Maybe you don't win but you make it to the end you know and that's a that's a huge thing and so for us spiritually we also need to do that we need to understand and how we work with our energies that's the path of yoga raja yoga that's the path that teaches you about how to work with your energy how to understand who you are what's going on how to work with that and so we have that And so the path of yoga, raja yoga is very important that we keep touching back into the teachings, that we remember what's happening. And then I thought, but the one thing that, at least for me, has really kept me going over, you know, we're talking days, years, decades, long time, because you have to keep going with inspiration. It's not enough just to stick it out to the end. (laughs) It has to be with inspiration. And I thought, I think it really comes down to attunement. Attunement is ever new. It's ever new because we have to keep attuning deeper and deeper to get to the light. And so attunement means self-offering into the light. It means growing awareness, which is what the path of yoga gives us. Growing awareness. It also means um, being open. Open. Listening. Listening. And being willing to grow and change. You know, we can't remain the same, we have to deepen our spiritual life as we go along. And so the, that, those qualities of deepening attunement, are thing, they're ever new. And as we move through our life spiritually, we need to keep attuning back. We need to keep touching back into what are those teachings? and how do i keep that alive in my life well it's by renewing you know you have to keep looking back to those referring back to things that has have been inspiring for you one of the things that's very helpful is to remember why you came on the path in this lifetime what brought you on the path what happened in your life that really made it, I have to, I have to go on the spiritual path. I have to do that. I have to find my path. I have to change my life. I can't go on. To remember that, that moment in time, and what was happening in your life that brought you to that moment. Just for your own reference point, because that was a momentous time. And it really meant that you were willing to shift your life completely. That you, again, as the prodigal son had done, you hit bottom. And for myself, I just remember that feeling of, wow, this life as I'm living it right now has absolutely no meaning. (laughs) You know, I, I am never going to be happy. Living the way I'm living, and that I see everybody else around me living. You know, getting a job, buying food, paying rent, a promotion, maybe. A, you know, I remember the, when I, I did get a job, I graduated from college and thought, okay, well, I got to get a job, make money, pay rent, buy food, da da da. And I remember that I was in the office where I, I knew this job was meaningless. I mean, it was, it was a service job. It was fine. But I knew it was not going to work. And I remember the day when my supervisor came and said, would you like to work toward a promotion? And I was horrified. I thought, I won't be here. <laughs> I will not be here for that promotion. And I do not want it. And I remember too, I I had worked, my mother uh, worked for a long time, almost 30 years at Chevron in downtown Los Angeles. And so she got me a job in the summer and a couple of summers. And I just kind of stuck it out. It was good. I mean, I needed to make some money and help with college expenses and all of that. But again, at one point, someone said to me, well, would you like to get a job here? And I thought. I can't think of anything worse. I I looked, well, the people there were good people, but I looked at their lives and do you know what they talked about? How many more get-ups there were until their vacation. How many more times they had to get up and come to work before they could take their vacation. And I thought, wow, really? (laughs) Anyway, but just those moments in time, don't forget them. They really are important and will help you to keep moving forward spiritually. But that ever new blessing of attuning to the Guru, to the path, and to the light, you know, we say, and it's true, we are children of the light. But to to make that our own reality, we have to bring up our awareness and our consciousness to attune to the light. You cannot enter into the light until you're raising your consciousness enough that it is attuned to the light. And then you can enter into the light. And so, it's again very important that we realize the process of attunement is vital and ever new. It never ends. You keep going attuning, getting deeper, deeper, until you're done, until you are the light, until you're, you've you accomplished self-realization. And I was thinking also about the fact that Master presents us with these interesting phrases that really are, are they're, they're phrases that go with the consciousness of a jivan mukta. Be even-minded and cheerful in all circumstances. Um, What comes of itself, let it come. Stand unshaken amidst the crash of breaking worlds. The crash of breaking worlds. Stand unshaken. and. live in, be in the world, but not of it. Wow. I mean, these are from a level of consciousness. It's a jivanmukta. Jivanmukta meaning someone who has achieved Nirvikalpa samadhi and can stand unshaken amidst the crash of breaking worlds, see everything perfectly even. What comes of itself, let it come. I'm in the world, but I'm not of it. That consciousness, that's what Master has given us as a goal from where we're at right now. Because he knows that the path of self-realization is where we're going. That's where we're going. And so it's important that we have these goals that allow us to keep aspiring, that are inspiring to us, and that we keep aspiring to. I think of that, be in the world and not of it. At one point, I thought, wait a minute. That's really hard, (laughs) you know, to be out and about and mixing with all kinds of people. And you're in the world, but not of it. In America? Hmm? (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, interesting just to think about in that way and to really keep your inspiration up without, if it's not inspiring to be on the path, it will, it will fade away, drop away. Someone asked me, I was doing a satsang for uh, Kriya the, uh, last week. And uh, someone asked me, well, have you ever, you know, fallen away from your Kriya practice? And I said, no. <laughs> because I determined when I first got Kriya that I would never do that. And I said, because Swami Kriyananda, Challenged us. He would do the Kriya initiation. He would do the review as well the next day, next morning. And he held up his hand and he said, Fewer than the, these many times are the times I've ever missed my Kriya practice. And so it was like, okay, I'm for that. <laughs> I want that. And so have those things in mind that you just don't go below. Have you ever fallen away from your path? No. I may things may get a little rough and, you know, here I'm you know, doing other things and all that, but no, I will not do that. I will not fall away. I will not allow myself to do that. I've worked too hard to get where I'm at. And believe me, you have. Every single one of us worked very hard to get where we're at. The other thing I wanted to just mention because we're in the time of the one-year anniversary of Nayaswami Seva's passing. And it was a year ago today, but the actual date is tomorrow, Monday. And so, I was just thinking about her life and my life. And we knew each other for 50 years which is a long time. <laughs> but I just thought, I always considered her a very close spiritual friend from the beginning, really. And there was just something, a karmic connection there or whatever. But I could feel that in her, I, I also felt that she was very attuned to Swami's vibration. She and Jyotish both. And so, in fact, Swami said about the two of them that if it hadn't been for Jyotisha and Seva, Ananda wouldn't have happened. Because there had to be at least two people who understood his vision for what we were, he was trying to create with Ananda. If, if there weren't people that understood it, it couldn't happen. And so Seva was one of those. When I came, she did all the finances and made possible financially all of the things Swami was trying to do. And and very quickly, you know, things moved fast. And uh, Ananda coming up, it happened over time, but, but also fast too. And so Seva was there. And she was there for, I probably the first 10 or more years of my life doing that, very close to Swami, da, 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 all of that. And then for her, things shifted completely. And Swami went, started the work in Europe and he he needed, I'm doing this because Ananda was expanding. And this was in the early 1980s. And so, Seva, all of a sudden, and then people appeared who could do the finances much better than she had, and you know all of this, and so it just kind of unfolded and so Seba found herself with no no job really and and just in a very uh different kind of position uh, and so but at that point, Swami never, never let go of her. You know, He said, oh, well, why don't you go to Europe? You know, why don't you, you know, go and serve over there? And I was over there at the time, and she arrived. And I could tell this was probably not going to be a good fit for her, <laughs> mainly because not only were we creating Ananda's work in Europe, but you had to learn another language to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, Italian. And so anyway, she was there for a little bit and then came back. And that, that started kind of a pattern where she would, Swami would say, oh, why don't you, you know, do this? And so she would go out, but it, it just wasn't quite a fit for her. And so at a certain point, and Gloria and I were talking about this, Seva kind of hit bottom she didn't leave the path, or she'd never do that. But but it was a very rough time, and at that moment in time, do you know what Divine Mother did? She gave Seva Gloria as a friend, and that really helped Seva very much because she was always very sincerely on this path and you know doing everything. But but it really helped her, and so. Uh, from then on, things. She worked for Crystal Clarity for decades, doing the books and invoicing and all of that. And then she shifted into Kriya Yoga and serving there and making the Kriya drink. But for her, the path was—it was simple. And I wanted to read. I was. I'm going to share these things tomorrow. We have a. And just imagine on the very one-year anniversary of her passing, we have a women's Kriya meditation that I happen to be leading. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't arranged that way. It just happened. So anyway, I'll be sharing these things. But because that's so limited, I wanted to also share just a few things from Seva's journals that she said about, about being on the path. These were her observations. Love God more each day. Focus in meditation on Master. Keeping the mind from wandering. Help others and love them with God's love. Trust in Master to guide your life. And then she also says, remember to talk to Master. Think of Swami. Listen to him. Love everyone. Be a cause, not an effect. Keep energy high. Serve, serve, serve. Her name was Seva after all. Serve, serve, serve. And the last one, only think of supporting and loving others. And these are, you'll find these online, uh, there's a uh, write-up on her life on Ananda Remembers on ananda.org. So you can look that up if you want to remember these. But it just, I thought, you know, it just comes down to that. It's really very simple. We need to remember all the essential things. And then how we serve, that, that's going to shift. Uh, of course it will, you know, over time, over life circumstances, needs of, you know, the community or our needs, whatever. But you can keep those essential things in mind and really never let go. Never let go of them. This path is amazing. And it will be ever new, ever joyful. And as the chant that I did, from joy I came, for joy I live. In sacred joy I melt again and that is where we're headed.